Hello and herzlich willkommen zum Auf die Fresse WXW Review Podcast in English. I'm Ian Hamilton, joined as always by Mike Kilby and Mike. This weekend wasn't a home run when WXW weren't that far off clearing the fence. Yeah, yeah, they uh, pretty weren't, weren't far away from clear, uh, uh, knocking it out of the park, I think it was. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a really, really good um, sort of two shows that we're going to go through today. Um, I think it was um, it's effectively the last stop, barring untaped things. Uh, it's the last stop before 16 karat gold and um, set up some interesting things, I think, for sure. And uh, we've finally got our full field, which is really exciting. Yeah, we'll go through all 16 names in a bit, but you know, if you're downloading this you know, day one, day two, you're wondering, Monday, it's Tuesday, these shows were Friday and Saturday. Well, directly we did it again, these shows were streaming near live. Uh, they put the Fight Trevor pre-show stuff up dead early, then they split the shows into two. So if you wanted to be honest, you could watch the first half while the second half was going on. I think both nights I was done by about 11, which... Now, considering you know the flip sides like what Wednesday, you no know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, these to be uploaded. If you're okay for German commentary, you get these you know, virtually live. Which, when you consider some promotions are still sticking to recording on DSLRs and releasing a week or two down the line, you know, is really getting the times and it's massively appreciated, especially when you know the stuff that we're going to be covering is this damn good. But Looks like we've got two shows, Dead End and Road 16 Carat Gold. We'll start with uh, Dead End. So this was from the Mark Hall in Hamburg. Uh, crowd about 550, which is you know, massively up from the crowd I had last time out in August. Um, I don't know, you're not going to go through every match, at least in detail, but just hitting off results. So pre-show, uh, Yochin Tatsuya Hanami beat Nick Shrine Ilya Bloom, um, which we'll find out would set up uh, the next night. Uh, but yeah, so Hanami, he's a former tag champion in active advance to AW wrestling uh, in Japan. I believe a uh, trainee and looked pretty good, but Yoichi, you know, we've seen with um, no, previous albums, yeah. you know, back to the roots, and also if you've seen with uh, GWF and maybe Progress, uh, uh, you know, Big Bruce, who you know, maybe not quite as uh, frequently featured here, but definitely sticking out in Rex Yeah, he's a, he's a good sort of change of... Um change of pace really i think isn't he um i, I remember you sort of saying <laughs> the night of that uh, that show I, I i was i was a day behind on all of this but i remember you saying like they need to do Ilya bloom versus yoichi over carrot weekend <laughs> and then we ended up getting it the following night yeah well mix my words up you know i said carrot weekend they said for carrot weekend potato potato two completely different veg but yeah, it was a pretty good pre-show match. You no, know, it's up on their YouTube for free. So if you just want to dig in and see if you know, it's worth your while, jump in. Uh, main show started off with a 16 karat gold qualifier. So we had two V's in Hamburg. Uh, Lawrence Roman beating Bobby Guns in just under 10 minutes. And that means this is the first time since 2018 Bobby Guns won't have been in the tournament or had a major role over Coward Weekend, which. I mean, bad result, shouldn't, but it definitely raised my eyebrows given the, I don't know if you want to say conspiracy theories we've had around Bobby Guns for the last little while, but um, certainly makes sense storyline-wise, but in terms of, a, you know, the glaring, obvious name missing, Bobby Guns certainly the second one who, you know, not playing any part this uh, coming uh, card season. Yeah, I mean, he's not, it's not as if he's not here, like, like Tisha, he's also doing, he's doing Ambition, so they're, they're both going to be there for that. Um, he's obviously got the super fight, hasn't he? Um, Against Moodle, yeah. 
yeah, so it's not as if he's not going to be there. Um, but yeah, it is very weird. It's, it's kind of a, a weird um, sort of drop of form. Um, say kind of sort of ungrace, sort of ungracefully dropped the belts over on the second day of um, Tag Fest, and Cody hasn't really done very much of any. He's had some very good matches, but um, not really done anything else of real, any real substance since. So, yeah, very strange. And I'm intrigued to see what does happen with him, um, whether he is just limited to the um, ambition ambition show um, remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, a bit of an odd. But then the roster is so large at the moment, especially with the number of imports that are coming in. I don't know where you would fit him in. I mean, this show alone, I mean, basically Dead End and... World Coward were basically two different rosters. And you think of this weekend, no, no Axel Tischer at all. No Yearn no, Simmons. No Yearn, I mean, no, there's a name who's not, not been numbered. Again, we can get that when we do the Coward names. Um, yeah, you know, that was you know, a big surprise. And you know, we'll, we'll touch on you know, Lawrence Roman for what, pretty much since the summer. They've been planting the seeds of you know, there's been the aggravation of him and Robert Dreisker and Namboss. You know, the need, like, or you cost us with tag tiles. You when was it over? Um, when when uh, Roman lost the shotgun belt, or had to defend the shotgun belt over carrot over tag league, and was that whole thing? You, know, you didn't have to defend it. You know, you know you're, you're stupid. Why defend belt when we lost it? Or you should know you should have used the champs advantage. You should have got you no know, taken the count out. That kind of thing. Emote flew squaring face. What Amboss were going for. You know, Roman's always been the runt for it. For a better word. And with yeah. Dover being gone, he's the guy who's you know, the default one being picked on. So they're definitely putting a lot of seeds down for you know, Roman potentially turning on Dreiskin. You know, we said in the last episode, you know, Ilya is the first one up. Peter Harney you know, is the obvious one. Roman maybe third in line. So it's not like we're doing a challenge for month stuff. And you, it's you know, a case of, you know, if it's going to be one of those three, you don't know which one, which is always the best. You know, yeah. where you leave, you're so that much stuff. No, any of them could deliver. Or no, Robert Dreis could just you no know, blitz through and you no know, Saturday morning. Well, who's going to beat him? But you know, after the match, we had uh, Icarus speaking. Van Boss attacking Bobby Guns. Uh, Young Blood, that's Oscar News and Nakajima came out to make the save. And the scheduled uh, Dreis and Icarus against Young Blood main event was changed again to Amboss. So Lawrence Woman doing double duty against Young Blood and the mysterious X, which we'll get to later on. Um, next up, rotation beaten Leighton Buzzard to retain the shotgun title. And I'm not going to not paraphrase, but Leighton Buzzard, you know, since he's had that Japan run, he's come back a different wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 like three times the wrestler he was before. I was, to be honest, I wasn't overly bothered by him prior to now. Um, I think he was he was um, always a bit of a. I, I think he he's basically gone out there and he's got sort of knee deep in it all and he's just really really he's improved like sort of leaps and bounds um he's come in here um and he's had uh, over the course of the weekend um obviously we'll speak about the next one later on but he had basically two very very decent matches um different types of matches as well um and also he you know um outside wxw he's kind of had a uh, he had a decent show in a Rev Pro, I think, the week before. So yeah, he's he's a real. He's really sort of um, kicked it up, kicked it up a gear. Really, I think um, remains to be seen if anything sort of happens with um, with uh, his his stablemate Tempesta. Um, 
in WXW. It'd be interesting to see if that is ever becomes a thing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it would make sense, but we don't. We've know. done weirder things, even with just like a, I would say throwaways derogatory, but even it's like you know, put on one of the wheel of wrestling kind of shows. You know, yeah. I don't say to make brooms are just like you know, wheel them out. You no, know, you can have Met making the coming. You no, know, they you know they've been a team in Japan. You know that kind of thing. I was looking up at Leighton's cage match, and I think the main thing here is it's the reps. Like last year, he did a this, no, again, this is cage match, so could well be stuff not listed. 109 matches last year. Uh, 2022, yeah. 57. And next highest after that was just before COVID 49 in a year. So if you're, he's went from pretty much working once a week to not only twice a week. And Grant, yeah. a lot of this is not. You look at the cage match, we've got like the heat map thing. It's that back end of the year, is like you know, 12 matches, September 19, October. But yeah. again, it's funny, you know, everyone's, you know, we say this you know, with the young ones coming up. You get the reps in, you get better. If you're just doing the one show a month, it's going to take a lot longer for you to get good if you do. Yeah, you look at the people who, who only work the academy, um, and then you compare them to the ones who work the academy, but then they also go work in every other company they can. Mm-hmm. They're better, they end up better workers. Simple, simple fact. And then this one, so this was um, rotation second defense after Jordan Oliver back to the roots. And I'll say things, one of those where Buzzard, I don't know, again, it's too, still a matter, it's too early in uh, rotations reign to you know, lose a belt to a, you know, on the day challenger, that kind of thing. But, Again, you no know, Buzzard got a lot, and you no, know, he's been he's been around to Mexico a lot. You know, granted, have a time in Japan. They keep him around for a reason. I've got to think. Yeah, WXW keeping, but they're uh, late around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can understand yeah, the, the think... London show last year, but to actually fly him over to Germany for you no, know, I'm not saying we could have you know, placed him with anyone, but the fact that they made the choice to bring him over, you know, when they well, literally could have had anybody else, you know. It'd, it'd be a valuable person to have around Carrot Weekend. I don't know if he is booked anywhere else over that weekend, but not it'd be valuable. It'd, it'd be a valuable person to have around, you know, in the in the uh, replacement four way, perhaps. Um, so he's the sort of person who, because he's not done any qualifiers, he's the sort of person who would be valuable in that sort of position. I think. Absolutely. And I would think he would justify it as well. And moving on, I guess one we I wouldn't say we can have split uh, decisions on, but. So Nikita Krisman, Mikhail Schenkenberg, Rotten Flot against a uh, high prom limited Tristan Archer, Anil Marek. So the storyline going in on the Shotgun blog was Rotten Flot wanted a rematch with two referees to get a shot for tag titles. Um, so we had uh, Ryan Ring and Tassel Luke Young as the refs. And the ring match started out fine, but then, I put in review, they got way too cute with this. So we did the whole yeah, thing of... Completely fell apart really halfway through. Yeah, I mean, we did we did the stuff where you know referees you no know, toss me outside, spot some cheating, you know, spots. You no, know, uh, was it uh, charisma? You no, know, hugging the rope to, for a pin early on. You no, know, you no, know, that's kind of thing to get for. Hey, there's another ref. You no, know, you're not going to get away with it. And then it just really fell apart at the end. Um, you know, the father got caught cheating. He got ejected. Then you had the refs being pulled out. And the finish was both refs missed low blows, two roll-ups, and then apparently it's a draw, even though one of the two pins were between the legal men of the match. So 
Yeah, it's. I I don't get. I know why we we did it. You know, we're doing a draw. It looks like we're going to get a free wave for titles, but yeah, this yeah. the match itself was good, but the last little bit was just yeah, not not good. Like it ticked the boxes, but yeah. it, watching it was just like, what the hell's gone here? We went okay. It, yeah, it 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 didn't land. No, and it was very confusing. Like I, I, I remember messaging you halfway through, and I was like, "Is there a stipulation in this? I don't, I don't understand." <laughs> and I think obviously there was a bit of a language barrier thing there potentially, but I, I just didn't really understand what what was going on with this match at all. Um, I think it's it, it it's potentially at least so far probably the worst WXW match of the year. I know we're only on the second show of the year effectively here, but you know, I think I thought this really was really, really messy, um, overbooked for no real reason, and it was like the bloody third match on the card. Um, I did it didn't need to do this, basically. Um, I think yeah, if you want if you wanted to do this, you do it in the second half of the show. But yeah, yeah. again, you no, know, you're looking at the, you know, the rest of the show very tag heavy. You no know, second, you know, second half you had you know two tag matches, so. You move a tag title match in the first half, and then you'll be kind of giving away. No, it's not title. No, you're not getting the title change. You move. You know, what was originally going to be Igor Blanc, Peter Tahani into the first half. You know, I think it was probably one of oh, those. Yeah. You know, storyline wise, it hit the beats. The execution of it just didn't land, and yeah, it's 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 one of those things. You know, you could have you know, cut out two or three of what they did and gotten the same result. I don't want to compare this to you know, the New Japan main event from yesterday, but you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a similar idea where you had a lot of a lot of ideas, you just didn't have to do all of them. Yeah, too many ideas and nothing to stick them all together. Really, I think that's possibly the issue with it. So moving on from one match which um, didn't land to one, but absolutely did. Mike DeVecchio beating Leon Slade from just over ten minutes. This was a character qualifier. Uh, and I tweeted out they slept walks through Kraken, which may sound a bit derogatory, but you know, ten minute sprint. You had these guys, and you know, I'm not saying they went all out, but you, know, you had the power crowd eating out the palm of their hands. And I mean, Christ, I think we were both you know, eating out of their hands while watching on the screen when we uh, sat down to watch it. Ten minute sprint, and if they want to run this back anywhere, anytime, I am absolutely not going to say no to that. I mean, I think you know, I think Mike Mike D. Um... Mike D just doesn't have a sort of slowdown switch. He's just always, I think he's 100% wherever he works. And Leon Slater has the same thing. Yeah. Um, so in a way, it was this was, I'm delighted this was only a 10-minute match because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if, if they'd got, it had gone any longer. It might have been a bit into the realms of silly, but um, it was good silly in a good way, I think. Yeah. Um, it was um, completely insane, some of the spots in the match. Um, um, I felt that Mike D, obviously Mike D's size, kind of made Slater a bit look a bit normal. Um, if that sort of makes sense, there was no. I feel like because this was Slater's proper debut in WXW, um, because it was proper debut in WXW, I kind of felt like they just kind of put Mike in with a smaller guy, and there was never there was never a. I, I feel like they probably would have benefited from. Uh, Leon maybe having a couple of matches before this weekend, just so people can they can establish him as okay. This guy, this is what this guy is all about. 
I know. Him, fair, Leon, did get, Leon did get a good crowd reaction. I think I, I do kind of agree with, with the way he's gone. I do think the big limit Leon is of it. big with people who know. Yeah. Leon is big with people who know. But I still think the people who know is a significantly smaller population than the people that don't know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Either. I mean, um, the GCW yeah. stuff would only gone so far, and that's probably yeah. the biggest exposure you had. The, the one thing I would say to this, though, is, you know, we've both been to Hamburg. That is a very compact venue, and there was one spot in this match where Leon was teeing up for the, you know, the old giant smile over the uh, ring post uh, <laughs> dive. It's like, where are you going to land this, yeah, mate? Where's he, where's he going? Where's he going? Yeah. I don't want to say, I mean, like, say that's a signature spot, but it's like, He's come for that, and okay, well, Mike G just you know, walks away from it. But that, and I guess Bielefeld as well, would have been the same problem. The venues are just too, you know, too close to ring where you know, the big, you know, the big oh, eye-catching move you do can't really get away with doing unless you can have him eat shit and you know, take out half a crowd with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, as I say, I think there was there was a few sort of structural issues with it in that sense, and I kind of, I feel that. It definitely. I think even if you'd had a video before the show, before the match, and it sort of showed off, like you know, Leon. This is what Leon's all about. Um, everyone, I think a lot of people went into this blind, and I don't. Not to say that um, Leon needs anything to sort of get him over, because the first time I saw him, I was like, "Holy cow, look at this guy!" Um, but. I feel that because Mike D is such an impressive specimen as it is anyway, um, it kind of weakened sort of the initial impact of Leon Slater in this match. That's that's just my view on it. But I I, I do agree though. I think it is probably one of the best um, that the company's put on so far this year. I do think um, well with Mike D. He's very much like the European Jeff Cobb. In you look at him, you see his size, think oh power wrestling, and then you see him doing flips off the top rope. It's like that ain't fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the sort of um, thing you're looking at with him for sure. And um, um, obviously, Mike D gets the win, and obviously gets into carrot. And I think that's that's uh, considering this time last year, Mike D was not even in carrot. Uh, he was obviously a replacement two days, before, two days before. I think he might have even been on the day the day before in the circle. It was, it was it? pretty close. Yeah, uh, um, pulled out the uh, appendix. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, there's been, there's been a, talk about a rapid ascendancy in 12 months, less yeah. than 12 months. And this isn't even a guy who I would say is even regular on Ross, like he's on all the big shows, but like in terms of, you know, show in, show out, I won't, you know, he's not quite a regular, but hey, is strong one encounter this year? You <laughs> know, who knows? I mean, I mean, we've certainly seen, we'll get on too late in the show, names would have fallen off, so it can easily go both ways, but Moving on to second half of the show, so we had uh, Cash and Hector beating Fast Time Mood and Stephanie Mays to retain the tag titles. Uh, so this one, again, set up on the shotgun vlogs. So Stephanie Mays came back a few months back to have a successful tag with Mudo. Um, one become three-time tag champs because you know, Steph never officially lost the belts. Um, but yeah, this one didn't quite work out, and again, Hamburg, not really big fans of Fast Time Mudo, and yeah, I do think now you say it again. He got booed, didn't he? Well, it's I would say there's a small minority, it's a growing section of the crowd now. But I think at this point, 
you've done the obligatory hey we're back as a team you know let's let's have another, another try and get the belts back i think now you've got to pull the trigger on him he's he's done the you know the dickhead heel character elsewhere in germany you've got to give it a go because you know at the very least you can't portray him as the happy go lucky you know martial arts guy you've been doing because the crowd are slowly turning him for one reason or another so you know yeah i mean but, I think if he if he turns on if he turns on Steffi now, then basically all he's done for the past year is just turn on partners. Yeah. Um and that's fair enough. I mean, there's there was the bit of niggle between him and um uh, him and Bobby, which is obviously gonna be the super fight this year. Um what comes out of that I'm interested because I think there's there's room for that to grow into something quite good potentially. Um, but yeah, it, it, like you say, pull the trigger on him. But I don't know where, where what his his signaling. I don't know. I don't. I don't see him going <laughs> for the world title. But who knows, really? No, strange things have happened. I mean, this time, no, no, not just about this time last year. Levaniel's world champion, but yeah, see how see how it goes. But I do think with mood over time has come, and it's he's gone as far as he can in his current uh, iteration, but. Did, did Mudo do a qualifier? I can't remember. Um, let me do the new thing everybody loves and clack away on cage match. Uh, but Mu- I don't think he did. He didn't. Um, yeah, I suppose look- he someone in the uh, he's somebody you can whack in the alternate for. I suppose currently. Oh no, he did have a qualifier. This is way back at Tag Festival, losing to Luke Jacobs. Oh, oh, there we go then. Okay, so then maybe not then. All right. <laughs> oh, now got that cleared up. Um, next up, so originally we mentioned this was maybe Idle Blanc against Peach Tahani. Tahani pulled off the shows this weekend for illness. And we had the return of Metahan to WXW for this. And yeah, I would say it, it, this for me started well. It, no, it almost threatened to have flashes of the old Lucky Kids slash Metahan before he went to NXT. Then it just never ended. I, I I feel like that's eight minutes in. I was like, yeah, I'm liking this. Um, and I think, like you say, it just kept on going and going and going and going. And I'm, I don't know whether it was they maybe had something planned for this match where it was going to go long, but it, yeah, it, it just didn't. It didn't really. Um, I mean, say had half of half a decent match in there, but it, it kind of didn't um, didn't didn't pull it over the line. I think, as we say, it would say. Yeah. So I'm, I looked on Cage Match to see, you know, because obviously Metahan hasn't been in WXW since uh, last summer. They, you know, they lost the Tag Festival qualifier to Rotten Flot. And he hasn't been working that much. Like, he's done a few. So he used to be the GWF World Champion. Um, I'm not talking since last August. No. It's been once, twice a month, not against. I mean, he, he was signed to AAA, wasn't he? So. Yep, if if we're going about we looking German like AAA. yeah, not yeah, not be problematic corner one, but uh, Joy Cabray, there's a name you didn't expect him as part. Uh, Chris Collin in no Virginia title, and um, then the four way in November he lost to Mike D, and then it's just been like I don't say random matches, but certainly it's you no know, like this past weekend you know beat uh, I, I lost to my Igor Blanc, then the next night in Kiel. Beating Mikhail Schenkenberg for the Yawara title, like I've, I've heard promotions name, but 
guess I'm gonna yeah, say yeah. Uh, GWF kind of offshoot, but you're just saying like again, I know we've kind of you know, taken shots like you know, two weeks, a week ago. He's in GWF re reunion uh, reuniting with uh, Rohan Raja for the NXT UK tag team against Sunshine Machine. Like it just doesn't feel like there's anything I don't say coherent, but it just feels very rudderless. Like when he came back to the XW, we did. Tr- he's not got his. He's not got his feet under the table anywhere. No. Like he did have the big run, in, the world title run in GWF, but even then, that was again looking here. Beat Pascal Spalter in July and lost the belt in November. So again, GWF aren't exactly renowned for long title runs, but just you know, in any way, it always just feels like. I think we kind of said this. He's the big overall arch and storyline of this podcast, the threat of NXT Europe. It does. It always. It does feel like with Metahan that some have looked at him as, if NXT Europe starts, he's going to be signed, and he's been one of those where he's been kind of. No, I mean we've gone for all the reasons, but it does feel like there's still maybe that overarching thing of we don't get too invested in case he pulls the trigger and not this magic's up. I mean. They've got bigger fish to fry right now. Let's, no, that's pretty sure we well, probably. I, 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 I would say probably Metahan is probably one of the few who kind of he's just maybe he set out on purpose. He set out and maybe at the side on purpose, I think, because he doesn't want to get involved anyway. I mean, the, the reality is, is that if, if Metahan really wanted to, you know, work work the way he worked you know, five years ago, it seems mad to be saying that, but like five, six years ago, if he wanted to start working that, that sort of speed, he completely had. He's not had any serious injuries, has he? Can't think not of from it. Where, not from where, and again... You know, not, that, not that springs to mind. And it's like, if he wanted to work that sort of lifestyle, he could. If, you know, if he wanted to go... If if he wanted to put bloody eight months into RevPro, he could probably end up in bloody Nidra fan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like... And I appreciate before, he's, got, he's got a young family, but... And again, before, before the WWE thing, he was starting to break out in the UK, you know, not yeah. you know, of any kind of consistency or frequency. Like, before well, COVID, he was getting... Well, Schadenfreude, wasn't it? So, yeah. Like, yeah. He, was, he was on the last Ring of Honor UK shows before you know, they went belly up. You know, again, because of the Schadenfreude connection. You know, so, again, it's that whole thing of, you know, you know maybe connections aren't there as much because, you know, Schadenfreude is now... You no know, dispersed all over the world, but you still you know, still got motor connections. So I guess it's that whole thing of I don't I don't want to say it's does he want it, but you certainly have to think you know coming out of NXT UK and you know, not exactly pulling up any trees. You no, know, has that been you not know, the way that you have gone through the Enfield system and you've come out like this, slow it down, get your longevity, and so maybe not in a top spot. I mean, we've you know, mentioned you no know, others. You, you know, you start too hot, burn up right, and then where do you go? So maybe it's a work smart, not harder kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. He, he, he's, it's, it's entirely possible he's just got completely different priorities in life now, and that's that's maybe taken it over. But I just feel like it seems like such a waste, really, for him to be not doing anything. But uh, so, yeah, so again. Uh, Aguilblanc getting the win. This again was meant being like a carrot preview match. Um, so yeah, it's a win over this former 16 carrot gold winner, which I don't think they made too much of a deal with because obviously, you no, know, they retconned Lucky Kid when he renamed. But you know, a big win, even the match itself was a bit mm, 
the main event, uh, we had Ambos Icarus, Robert Dreisken, Lawrence Roman against uh, Youngblood and surprise Chikahu Iwie. And yeah, I mean, Iwie being X, maybe not quite as much surprise. Or I think, you know, when we were speaking earlier today, you know, you would maybe think Iwie would be against Eagle. But um, one big takeaway from me, Miss Oscar, you know, wrestling the market for the first time, completely swallowed up Iwie in this. Like hometown crowds, yeah. you know, I mean, it's obvious and expected, but I was surprised by how much. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, we've said it before, but like, uh, you know, Oscar is a prodigious, prodigious talent. I think he's got the ability to be the best thing that Europe ever produces, and I don't say that quite lightly. Um, and, you know, this is. This is somebody who left WXW. I mean, he'd impressed when people left when he left, but he'd left WXW sort of uh, almost under the cover of darkness in a way, really, didn't he? Um, but he made such an impact in such a short time, and now he's gone to he's come back from Japan, where he'd obviously impressed the world effectively, uh, and he's come back as a sort of returning hero, and he's just he's just pulling it out of the bag. Yeah. Um, He's just completely pulled it out of the bag, and he's just—he just—he's got everything going for him. Everything's right for him. Um, you know, I, I've not seen any of this stuff from Southampton, but if we include, uh, if we include um, both tag team matches he had for WXW um, this past weekend, plus the Rev Pro uh, tag team match at the Two Two Nine, he's three for three for three and a half plus sort of matches. So. Um, it's that's against some very very different rest yep. different wrestlers in every sort of every single one. So um, he's yeah he's he's really really sort of come on. I didn't think he, sorry about that noise. Uh, I didn't think he um, he uh, needed to improve much in the first place. But he he's come back and he's three times the wrestler. It's, say it's like it's like when when we've. We we produced him. We produced him at this club. We, we've sent him out, and he's come back on loan again. And he's to say three times the player. He's incredible, incredible. Yeah, looking at uh, when he left in twenty twenty two, the hot tag in this match. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they, they built up and they built up and they knew you. You made comparison for F Pro thing, the Road Warrior you know, style they were doing with the yeah. news. Or base was you have that Road Warrior pop for a hot tag, and it's very rare you get that in wrestling these days. Like, you know, it's obviously it's not going to be Hamburg all the time, but no. they they knew they had something special the first time around, and yeah, I don't know how long this is going to be here for. I mean, ideally, if they've got them at least till the end of the year. That's a hell of a tag festival run right there. You've got. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is is that um, they they've justified they the, the way that. By, and I would say you two as well. They've come in, and the way they presented themselves, they they just look fantastic. Um, they look really, really good, and um, they're not they're not they're working in such a smart way. They're not selling for things they don't need to. They're, they're and they're they're both also because they they're young, they're cocky lads. They they just have such a swagger about them, which makes them such a engaging sort of. A pair to to watch, and it's really it's really really come across. And like you know, Iria Iria is not a shrink, no shrinking violet, but like he they basically overshadowed Iria, who's the number one contender for the title. Yep. 
So, so um, this one, yeah. this and the Mike D. Leon Slate match, but two you absolutely need to go off your way to see. Yeah, for sure. So guess move on, because the next night they went over to Bielefeld. Uh, I think this one was what, sold out uh, two months in advance, I think they said. Yeah, very quickly. Which, you know, that's always, um, you know, no, not not me sniffed at for Seb Holmichel, but um, yeah, again, we had a pre. This was uh, done near live, so you had the pre-show match up first, then part one, part two. Uh, opening with rotation beating Tatsuya Hanami to retain shotgun belt. Yeah, it's fine. No, not much takeaway, but again, you know, it's defense under his belt, and rotation would be you know, back on the show a bit later on. Uh, but this was the show they had two Road to Sixteen Carat Gold qualifier tournaments. One we knew the names, the other one we didn't. Um, so block A, we had Maggot beating Lavaniel in just under eight minutes, which, uh, so Lavaniel, of course, turned on Jern Simmons back at anniversary. Um, Maggot seems to be the guy who's getting the brunt of it in Jern's absence. Uh, Lavaniel did a jump start. Count for not me and Maggot, you know, dispatched him in short order. Um, but yeah, we'll come back to this one because we'll you know, pick him in the finals. The other one, then, of course, was Icarus beating uh, Yusha Nakashima. A little bit short, I mean, it was a 10-match card, so you weren't going to get too much going along. Uh, but, yeah, I would say with this one, um, if they want to run this back on Ambition, I know they've already got the Super Fight, but, you know, they have been on to, like, you know, a second, you know, you know like a, it was a fight for future, something like that. Wouldn't be against it, but, yeah, I think after two Block A matches so far, you know, just about shade, but, um, yeah, any phenomenal, so we'd want to just keep plowing on with the Block B stuff. I think we'll keep playing right. Well, I think I think sort of of the uh, the say I think Le- Maggot Lavaniel was just a bit. It was, yeah, it was a bit of a waste of time, really. I think you say like when 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 Lavaniel's sort of jump at the start, they don't really play on it. That's kind of a bit pointless. Um, obviously, I come back to it later on. Uh, although I say I I do agree with you there. Um, I think Icarus Uto was was. Was a sort of very smart sort of little match, but and like you say, it was a little bit too short. But with the amount of matches on the card, and I think tournament tournament, um, we say going into the biggest tournament in Europe, but tournament wrestling can sometimes be a bit of a slog. So yeah, you don't want to be sort of wearing out people with 15, 15 minute matches earlier on. But I would have quite happily have sat and probably watched fifteen minutes of these two. Absolutely, and again, we've got plenty of shows over Carrot Weekend, so who knows. Uh, block B, this was entirely unannounced, so you know, this was kind of like potluck. Uh, Ilya Bloom beating Alex Duke in the first uh, the semi-finals in Block B. Yeah, I thought this was fine. You know, again, Bloom is the, I guess, the star prospect of the Academy, so you kind of expected he was going to be in and around there. Uh, other semi-final was Yoichi beating Norman Harris. And all I'm going to say is you know, Norman's main event of Night 2 of Coward last year. And as it stands now, he's not even around that weekend, at least his name's not certainly being thrown out. That main event, I want to say being retcon, but not Jern Simmons either. No part no yeah. part of that. Mess up Christ me, have they just yeah, airbrushed out that entire match? Well, I'm right oh, but uh... <laughs> Yeah, well I mean, oh god, who else oh I'm drawing a blank. Um, uh, Rambo's in it. um Rambo Oh god I'm Lavagno. Lavagno. People are going to be yelling at me for this one. Um, God, who is it? Zafar Amin, was it? Zafar Amin, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. 
So, so pretty much everyone in that main event not be not be seen. Like yeah. that, that just blows my mind. It's not like there's been massive roster turnaround. Like you know, most of those guys have been around on shows. It just you know, them being you know front and center, you know, the headline acts to you know, you need a search party. That yeah, that blew my mind when I realized that. But yeah, so yeah, one thing you know, as you pointed earlier, you know. I was hoping for Leo and Yoshi over Coward Weekend. Well, we're getting to be part of Coward Weekend in the block finals. Uh, going to the halftime interval, we had Mike DeVecker and Idle Blanc beaten late and Buzzed and Oscar. Buzzard, of course, subbing for, Os- for um, Oscar, subbing for Peach Tahani, and this was a fucking spot fest. A nice preview for the uh, Lucha Six Man Tag's been having yeah, the couch, and this felt- was absolutely bonkers. It felt very much that, that sort of thing. Um... Yeah, it was it was like the uh, night three, um, night three sort of palate cleanser sort of match. It was really really good fun. Um, like I say, I think uh, well, I don't want to repeat too many of the talking points. Leighton Buzzard's really <laughs> Leighton Buzzard's still good. Oscar is great. Mike D's uh, intense, and Igla Blanc's looking good for Carrot. <laughs> I don't, don't want to repeat too many points. Not going no, this is all you know, big old parade moves. I like to call, but the end was like. You know, Buzzard missing a 450, Mike D missing a shooting star press, Agle Blanc gets his for wins, like, oh, not for win, but for fall. It's like, you've just got, you know, I've never seen Leighton Buzzard, you know, do a 450, let alone no, no, miss one. Mike D, we know he can flip, but it's always like the Brock Lesnar WrestleMania 19 stuff when he, you know, does like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Oh, that kind, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Agle Blanc, you know, a lot more proficient in the air. Um, did you see Eagles uh, got a new finisher just in time for Count V Desert Eagle? Yeah, quite interesting. I'm not. I mean, certainly coming out of um, Kafik Schlacht, and I know uh, Joseph Fennick Jr. was one of those not on every show before then. Eagles definitely one who's been getting some. I don't say under the radar stuff because he's, he's getting the big wins. But he's absolutely getting or getting a lot of wins in the build up to Carrot, and it wouldn't surprise me if he makes the you know the final day. But again, that's yeah, you know, he's a sort of... something to go the preview when we do that later this month. Um, early today, for big air quotes there, uh, backstage promo we had uh, building up to, I guess live was advertised as a bonus match, um, but Robert Dreisko up against uh, Cash Hector and Ilya, of course. Icarus was in the Carrot Tournament. Uh, Lawrence Roman was busy elsewhere. <clears throat> so, guys can use new tag partners. And I perform Limited, which set up some really interesting uh, interactions later on. Um, back from interval, uh, we had another 16 Carrot Gold qualifier. This wasn't a tournament. So, when Baby Allison, she joined High Performer Limited at uh, Back to the Roots, her signing bonus was a one-off Carrot qualifier um, in the build-up. Uh, Robin Christopher Forberg hyped her up as a TV star. Of course, uh, very timely. Baby Allison's uh, documentary was on RTL. Uh, it was yeah. about a week or two, probably. So very timely. You know, legitimate. It's not you know, buried away on some streaming service if you're on the right channel. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've, I saw this match years back in Essen, you know, back before Stephanie Mays was really... Uh, I think it might even been Stephanie Sky yeah. back then. But, yeah, so, this, so Stephanie Mays was the surprise opponent. And... This was a lot more even than I expected. You know, Storyline, you think, oh, Baby Allison signed for Hyper Formula. You know, she's going she to be giving a big push. Yeah. 
and quite the opposite. Like she wanted to be, you know, straight laced, you know, uh, forward slitter cane in. She pushed it out. Um, there was a bit. I think it was pretty honest. A kick to the head from uh, Mays, which just seemed to shake up Allison and carried on the match. But then at the end, you know, was that down on the outside after the finish. But yeah, baby Allison not in carrot, so things not going to plan early on. Skyfall kick means uh, Stephanie Mays is the third woman to ever work carrot weekend, and yeah, I think you know twofold one. You know, the baby Allison, uh, say rehab, but the you know, changing fortunes isn't going to be going as smooth. But again, you know, for someone who's uh, been very um, but jealous, for one better word, last time Mood was probably going to be looking on with some envy. You know, he didn't qualify. His tag partner back from injury walks pretty much straight on in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think the, the other thing to sort of consider is obviously that it seems a bit strange that, uh, well, it's it makes sense that um, from what she did in this match, obviously Alison wanted to basically left left Maggot sort of to go alone because she wanted to do things for herself, and then obviously she teams up with Forwork and Forwork's trying to do stuff for her. The same thing, yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of clever that kind of maybe the grass is greener on the other side. I think for Alison, maybe. Um, yep. But yeah, Check I think contract. Like you said, there was definitely the. Um, that kick early on, which I think maybe hindered hindered uh, and put a bit of a ceiling on the match. But um, yeah, so Steffi Steffi May is getting in. I think she's she's probably ready to do it. Um, I don't see her going deep in the tournament, but she can certainly do that. Um, and yeah, like you say, Mudo Mudo's kind of been sat here, going to be sitting on the side with not much else to do. We'll see how he takes that. Probably not too well if his um, behaviour elsewhere is uh, to be seen. And we have the six-man tag. Uh, Anil Marek, Robert Rice, Contristan Archer beating Dennis Stolnik, Shikahiro Irien, Hector Invictus. This one. So one of my pet peeves of wrestling is when someone's a good guy or a bad guy, everything in the past just gets, you know, whitewashed. Yeah. And throughout this, you had this in the promo and you had this in a match. Robert Rice and Anil Marek just did not want to be around each other. Marek promo... is still threatened. Yeah. He's still threatened by Dreisker. Which is brilliant, um, and I, I saw it in there's the the pre the pre show um, sorry the pre match um, uh, sort of interview segment, and I'm like, oh, this is really good stuff. It's really good stuff, <laughs> um, and it, this probably won't. This will probably be their last interaction for probably for for months. Yeah, I don't see them reacting, I, but it was such a good callback, and I think if you if you knew, if you knew if you knew them, uh, you would. It rewarded sort of a, a keen watcher from the past, and uh, and actually later on in the match, obviously the finish of the match is was the um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically the, their their combination they used when they were both academy uh, when they were both the academy. Uh, the wheelbarrow cold breaker into the boulder dash. Yeah. I don't know what their fancy name they gave. It was basically blue thunder bomb finish, but yeah, it was yeah. one of those. You not know, throughout because I was when I was watching it's like. Marek's not tagging Dreisker. Dreisker doesn't want anything to do with him. Like the spots you could see on the apron where you know, Dreisker was absolutely not berating him. Like not screaming, you know, get you know, F off. Um, no, you know, still want to win the match, but you could tell he was getting the digs in despite being on the same team. Absolutely wonderful. I love when, like say, you're rewarded for watching. You know, it's not a, oh, well, you know, they're getting on along just great because, you know, they're all bad guys. Fuck that. You know, you, you know, you've, you know, 
we've all worked with all known people who you, know, you get on along with because you know got mutual friends doesn't mean you've got to like them. Um, they can the, stew the, away the, like the, that. The, the exact the other thing is is the existence of Ambos is down to the fact that his stupid trainees aren't aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. If all of a sudden he was in this match with these with these stupid trainees and they were he's all of a sudden going, Oh yeah, Joe, you know these lads are pretty close, then Ambos has no reason to exist. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, well no, Lee Bloom's fine or no. I, I just yeah. got it. No, that that's that's not how it should ever have been. That was that was very much a that 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 um the and there was a little bit of hesitancy in the in the finish. Where obviously he's basically trying to set him up, and he's like, "Come on, in, are we going to bloody do this or not?" It's basically <laughs> what it felt like. Yeah, and that was brilliant because it was, as I say, it, it reward it, it, it sort of, it was a nice callback to something that you probably wouldn't notice unless you'd been watching it back then. But also watch the empty Steffies. You, you got your award there, but um, the other thing as well, and I kind well, of expect, yeah, you know, kind of expect this to got to be doing the old Hardy Boys stuff, which. Yeah, the gift's out there. Is it been gift already? Yeah, directly somebody put it on their Instagram. Oh, I think okay. it's on the yeah. So it, it's it's not the gift, but it's like the video clip. So it's him doing the was it the for the Matt Hardy one? Yeah, we did the, we did the whole thing halfway through where you know he's tagged in and you've got there's a Donnelly going Hardy Boys and is just dumbfounded, and then we go back again and this time it's Hector screaming it and they understand and he you know as you do in wrestling. Oh, I'll do, I'll act like I'd know when he does the whole you know, 90s Hardy Boy dance, which they know what wrestling he was watching uh, 20 years ago, but um, <laughs> still now, ironically. But uh, yeah, I mean, really fun six man tag, and yeah, it more than just a, a throwaway trails match. Got two turn block finals uh, Block A, Icarus uh, beating Maggot again, just under 10 minutes. Uh, this one, not too much to it. The end came with uh, Levinal coming out to, interve- to interfere, rotation. Then came out to stop, but all that you know, distraction meant that uh, Ick was able to roll up a handful of tights. Post-match, uh, everyone fought amongst themselves, apart from Icarus, and it looks like I couldn't get a free wave for the shotgun belt at some point over Coward Weekend, which yep. uh, is fine, but it, to me it felt like you know, Maggot was in this spot of Yogo just as champion, so we really resetting him, or was Levinal getting a shotgun belt? I don't know, like, it, I'm fine with the start with the feud, but it's like you take the of rotation so quick or no is one a demotion or is one just not, not running on on the spot pretty much yeah it's, it's uh, the, the shotgun belt's always kind of been a holding pattern on people and for some people it's a say it's a springboard upwards and for some people it's just kind of a bit of a something to do while there's not much else to do um and sometimes it's sort of is a big reward for sort of working a long time so um yeah, I don't feel there's any harm in them three. I mean, at least it. We're not looking at these three and going, oh, "What are they going to be doing this weekend?" We kind of at least uh, th- there's a sensible three. There's a sensible match in there. If yeah. you know what I mean. It's not just so, oh, these names are left in the pot. Uh, here you go, that kind of uh, album. Yeah, there's a sensible match in those three. So I kind of, I mean, they're not sticking Tisha in with the rotation. Do you know what I mean? They're sticking people who. On the level below, but they I think that there's quite justifiably in that title picture. Yeah. Then block B final, Ilya Bloom beating Yochi, uh, 12 minutes, 18 seconds. And for me, a little bit better from back to the roots, but this was the match I was expecting. 
obviously not once in either final, obviously you know coming in, but this is the kind of match where Bloom, you know, he'd lost the shotgun belt, you know, could easily you know done the whole you know downward spiral losing streak thing, but he's you know pulled himself back up. You know, really big win here against the you know traveling no star and I say if Bloom, this is one of those where he'd learned from his mistakes first time around. And again, I don't think Bloom's going to be one of those names who's going to be going too far in the tournament, but you, know, you still forget, like, he's in his, what, sophomore year, the Americans call it, you know, second year in. Um, uh, and- I mean, I don't know how much impact the, uh, the the local promoter has in in on these shows. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Obviously, um, Bielefeld Bloom- loved him. Well, he is a Bielefeld boy, and it's like he oh, turned... Oh, that'll uh, he, he turns into Tanahashi wrestling, and if, if, if Carrot was in Bielefeld, then he'd he'd win it. I think uh, and Sebastian will be needed to find bigger venues as well. <laughs> yeah, stick it in the Benfella. Um, yeah, so it's like, um, yeah, it's it's always good to it. I do like it when you get like a obviously for a while there was obviously the Bobby Guns Hamburg thing, and it's like specific buildings people have have streaks in and i kind of would like it if bloom like was like you know you want you want bloom to maybe have yeah you want bloom to be like always shit hot in the in bielefeld maybe i mean you won the shotgun belt there so yeah it'd be uh you know be nice uh reward i mean i don't say always main event but certainly it's a on this form he's not certainly a name you could main event with you know even if it's you know just these kind of things but yeah Back, um, back to his, uh, well, he's he's quite he's a he's a he's a popular. Uh, he, he he's got his own he's got his own band and things in in Bielefeld, and I I, I dare say that there's probably an element of it makes sense to put him on the main event yeah. in Bielefeld because You've got a true local if star. If he's if he's in a if he's in a band, he's a local he's a local micro celebrity, I suppose. Should we should we say? You probably get a bit of local press. I don't know if that is the true, but I suspect there's probably an element of local press. You know, there might him being in the main event might sell, you know, a hundred tickets to local to to to, to mates, or 50, might sell fifty tickets to mates and family, and it might send. You know, not saying that's the reason why you do put people in the main event, but I mean, it's it's got to be um, it's got to be valuable to book him well in Bielefeld for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking through his Instagram now, and you know, going maybe two years ago at this point. Know, uh debuting against Norman Harris on uh, you know, old wrestling academy live shows back when most were thing and yeah also if you go on his Instagram that first photo um you know that meme oh look of a little baby they just look so mad I mean Norman looks so scared in that photo but um yeah you can tell of come on leaps and bounds and yeah I think it's one of those you know, everyone's in Dubai speaks massively of him. I will say, obviously, I saw him work heel at Wrestling Cult last year, uh, and he was very good. Um, so and I think that's a bit of a completely unexplored se- uh, segment for um, Bloom, and, but he was very good at, in Wrestling Cult as a heel. So give him time. The other good thing as well, and we touched earlier, he is working more than just wrestling. You know, you look in his cage match, and he, he's doing um, it fight back over in Frankfurt. You know, he's doing siege. Um, there's a central, yeah, central wrestling Germany CWG. You know, over in um in Niedersachsen. You know, so he's doing more than just WXW, which you know is always a good thing. He's not just doing the you know, one one or two shows a month. So yeah, that explains why he's you no know, pardon upon blooming. 
Yeah, it's my dad joke for the episode. I've got to have something. But um, something about means uh, for character, we have our final list of 16. Of course, we're going to be back later this month with the full preview. So just running through the names, Igor Blanc, Elia Bloom, Mike DiVecchio, Joseph Fennick Jr., Icarus, Luke Jacobs, Gringo Loco, One Called Manders, Stephanie Mays, Mike Loku, Oscar, Lawrence Roman, Leo Rush, Masato Tanaka, Paige Tahani, and El Hedro de Doctor... Oh, this news is going to screw us up. El Hedro de Doctor Wagner Jr. Easy for you to say, and of course, uh, he just won the uh, Global on Crown uh, Championship in Noah uh, early this month. Yeah, so... GSC champ, isn't he? So, yeah. so yeah, we've got um, no, quite the motley crew of names there, and we're going to do the first round draw, I suspect, in a few weeks, but some very tantalizing matches possibly in there. I mean, I know they're doing um, progress of doing Luke Jacobs and Tanaka on their Thursday show of Cow Weekend. Um, obviously, in London, not in Germany, but yeah, we've got some names where I think was it uh, Toby, our friend Toby, was saying, you know, maybe, you know, Mike D and Masato Tanaka first round. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, rekindle was... the old Mike Awesome stuff. I mean, I'd be you know, watching for my hands and over chest. You no, know, they start going for chess, but um, <laughs> yeah, we've got some really tantalizing first round matches there. Um, I don't think Mike Logan would want to be the hell away from Mike D again, but you know, see what the look for draws like. Yeah, it's uh, say uh, we don't want to go too much into the. We, we will do our full on preview before Kara, uh, a couple of weeks time, hopefully. So yeah, look at, look out for that. Is what we say. And before we wrap up, a few bits and pieces. Of course, um, we haven't done the shotgun vlog yet. Uh, we record this Monday. I'll be dropping late in the week. A few notes from the post back to roots vlog though. Uh, Sebastian Hackle looks like he's been I say written up, but he's been explained away with injury. I uh, reckon he tore his uh, tendons left foot early on against Axman, so yeah, that's basically him not being around. Uh, there was something very ominous from Axman in his uh, vlog piece. Uh, basically, no, I've got nothing ready for Carrot. Um, you know, could I sneak in if it's an alternate? No, errors, injury, so wouldn't surprise me if he's on a you no know, first on Matt Friday and you no, know, if they break a leg. He could Nancy Kerrigan somewhere, so couldn't he? Yep, but like I say, they say break a leg. Um, <laughs> anyway, some other news bits before we wrapped up. Uh, World Tag Team Festival's coming back in October. We knew the dates, October 4th, 5th and 6th. Of course, it was an inner circle on October 3rd. Uh, we knew those dates, just not what was going to be. Um, that's now being confirmed. Uh, the rest of the festival weekend schedule's probably going to be announced around carrot time. My... Uh, my prayer circle that it wasn't going to be Catch Grand Prix again and it worked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's probably a giveaway that we were only doing three shows rather than a week's worth, but we don't we don't want to tease that. But uh, I can't believe I thought that might have been a good idea. It could have been, <laughs> but I think now it's you no know, no best left uh, locked away, never to be spoken of again. Uh they've wrapped up the roster for the Wheel of Wrestling Wildcard show, so I'll just give the full names here. We've got Rachel Armstrong Avatar, Ryan Clancy, Dominic Fisher, Landon Hale, Miles Hawkins, Griffin McCoy, Derek Neal, Deshaun Pratt, Sapphire Reed, Golden Boy Santos, Red Scorpion, Liam, Liam Slater, Channing Thomas, Stephen Wolf, and Travis Williams. So you're going to be getting no matches based on those. And again, those you'd expect to be announced in the coming weeks. Um, to books we now, of course, they did uh, Road 16, Carol Gordon, Dead End, Near Live. They've uploaded all of 2014's uh, live events on uh, New Books Now. So I think we're now in the realm of shit that wasn't on Vimeo when that shut down. 
Well, we kind of stuff they took down you know, year or two back to make up space. Uh, still missing shotguns, but yeah, they're certainly going back in time through the shows. Um, I guess may as well bring this up. You know, I've been doing like one show a week uh, with 2015. I'm going to have to figure out how far behind I'll be when I finish 2015. Uh, but um, some you know, good timing. This Friday on the site, we've got the start of 2015's Carrot Tournament. A uh, couple of dodgy names there, which, yeah, first time I've come across that in these reviews. But uh way it wraps up, mate. Um, night 3 of 2015 Carrot's review starts when 2024 Carrot gets gone. So, couldn't time to better, eh? Yeah, that's good, man. Um, and we've got another name off to uh, Japan. So, Jacob Crane. After Big Japan Pro Wrestling in the very near future, that pipeline from uh, Germany to Japan continues to flow. Um, of course, there's Jake... not a more perfect name for Big Japan. Nope. And I know that you know, he's got that t shirt going, and you can probably pronounce what's on it better than I can, but you know, following the steps of Tristan Archie, it's Blanc... quite rude, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> well, we've already got the explicit tag on, I've sworn enough, but Archer, yeah. Igor Blanc, Tempesta, and Takara Leighton Buzzard, you know, names from WXW who've gone to Japan in the last year or so. Um, and by the looks of uh, Jacob's Instagram, he's going to be going for the heavyweight division, which you know, I know there's a few people suspecting, yeah. Well, not gonna be deathmatch champion unless he takes a really weird turn, but um, I know there's a few suspecting, you know, he's right on that borderline, he's looking to bulk up, and he's a big lad, yeah, he is a big lad. I think it's more That's just cool. you no, know, don't be a heavy junior or a small heavyweight, so we'll see how that he's, goes. He's a... Heavyweight and junior, heavy heavyweight and junior heavyweight is more of a stylistic choice than a uh, weight choice, body size choice nowadays. I feel. Yeah, I mean UK heavyweights as well, but yeah. But yeah so he's uh, definitely planning on being long the big boy. So we'll keep an eye on him once he heads over to Japan. Suspectably around in some form over Carrot Weekend. So if you fancy a t-shirt with some uh, swearing and polishing, hit him up the merch table. Um, I guess you no. Know, Probably means we're bringing back that whole international superstars bit. I mean, we've already mentioned Oscar and uh, Yuta Nakashima. You know, they're over pretty much split between uh, Rev Pro and WXW for the most part. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, upcoming shows, of course, we mentioned that's the last of the taped stuff for Carrot. Before Carrot, but we've got uh, February 24th, so just under two weeks' time, the event Hall Airport and Over Traveling announced the Axel Tissue against Leah Bloom. Then Ambosses, Robert Dreisker and Lawrence Roman against Chikahiro Iwie and Paige Tahani. March 2nd, week before, we've got a bad sacking game at the Hubert Arena, Mike DeVecchio against Joseph Fennec Jr. And then... And obviously, for our, for our fans in Switzerland, that is right on the Swiss border. So, yeah. so very easy to get to and from, not... Uh, no, shorter journeys than most. There we go. And then, of course, Carrot Times, we've got... We'll have a preview next time around, but Inner Circle and Gelsen Kirschen... Sold out, um, you know, hit up the secondary market if there is one for that. Uh, for Carrot itself, you're looking at standing room morning for the night. If you want the festival tournament passes, they are starting to go a bit low. So if you're looking to go, you know, jump now is all I'm going to say. Um, and then the you know, matinee shows, plenty of tickets going for that. And yeah, so that's pretty much enough after Carrot. We've got um, Six and Carrot Gold Revenge. In Frankfurt on March on March twenty third, Erfurt's live show March twenty fourth, Fulden on April thirteenth, True Colors Dressed on April twenty seventh, and and yeah, then we're on the road to the summer break. So yeah, a heck of a lot going on. Say so we will be back in a couple of weeks for Carrot People. But 
anything before we do the you know leave and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, like, subscribe, and all that? Anything before we disappear for a few weeks, mate? Uh, nothing to plug as usual. Um, no, nothing to plug at the minute. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit boring at the minute. Um, no, but um, I just was. Well, I think we we've we've been looking through a bit of a joke, but obviously we we, we discovered we're the, the the fourth biggest wrestling podcast. Yeah, in Switzerland, which is quite nice. Uh, we are the second biggest uh, English language podcast in Switzerland for wrestling. The first is Jim Cornette drive through. So potentially that's a bit contentious um so maybe we are the number one but um, wrestling yeah yeah we're beating we're beaten we're being beaten by an italian podcast a jim cornett's drive-through what was the other one it was a german one i think there's it? um wrestling yeah. infos i think oh wrestling info oh yeah well they're good again lads. they're all over directory programming so and they're good lads as well yeah, yeah we don't mind that um, and then obviously it's us, and then we're in front of Eric Bischoff, we're in front of Chris Jericho, Steve Austin, uh, other podcast. We're doing all right um, in Switzerland. So yeah, thank uh, Dank Ashun and uh, Merci Buku and um, Grazie Mille to all the uh, Swiss listeners. Um, we can be the sec- we can be the best Italian language one if you want, because we di- we have said some Italian stuff. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Squash and <laughs> job of wrestling, and I just need yeah. to learn some Italian. But yeah. Yeah, thanks so much for everyone <laughs> listening. Um, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. There's going to be a lot of coming from us in the coming weeks, and of course, that monstrous back catalogue. And yeah, we've been running two years, and that's flown by. Yeah, we're knocking on two years, and I just want to say, like, um, uh, we we uh, we we do this just because uh, we we enjoy it, and we want to put a spot spotlight on. Company that uh, I, I and Ian, we both we both love very very dearly. Um, we kind of want the, to tell the world about it, and you know all the people who have sort of said they've listened to the show and they've enjoyed it really means a lot. And um, best the best thing you can do is obviously you leave your reviews. That's awesome. But also if you can just tell your friends, tell them to tell them to listen to us. Or and if or and if they're not listening, people just get them watching WXW. That's that's all we can ask. Yeah. And um, we're giving we talk, yeah, telling all about uh, the good matches. WXWnow.com. It's on YouTube. It's the most accessible it's ever been. And yeah. So again, thanks yeah. again, Mike. We'll see everyone in a few weeks for the card preview. See what comes out in the wash. So see you in a few weeks and cheers. Cheers. <laughs>